It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. It is hour to the game, the game after work. Mitch Fortner, Trey Coverdale, and Travion Berkland. We're going to hear from uh, Jordan Henriquez, Roberts, DJ Johnson, Clint Stewart talking about purple and black competing once again in the basketball tournament. Round one game coming up a week from tonight uh, in Wichita, Coke Arena. Did you watch the ESPYs last night? Just for a little bit. Saw about maybe the first hour. I caught the last hour of it. I saw uh, Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch uh present an award becky could have done without the black lipstick that wasn't a good look last night you didn't think so no i kind of like it Oof. i kind of like the black lipstick Oof. no no maybe it works better for others i don't know but uh the breakout athlete award first of all i was like i don't think caitlin clark should be nominated for this because it wasn't a breakout no. year for her. She no. was kicking butt the year before. I mean, nothing had really changed. She already had a pretty strong reputation of being a, a baller. Angel Reese, I think, was – and she won the award. Angel Reese from, from LSU won the award. Well, absolutely. I mean, she, she built her name on the Final Four in that rivalry with Caitlin Clark in the national championship game. But, man, that Angel Reese gal – Right at the end of her speech, she seemed nervous. She got through the speech, and then right at the end did the You Can't See Me. And, of course, Caitlin Clark did that in the Final Four. Right. And I'm like, Angel Reese, that girl, I, I like her. I like her swagger. She did it three different times during the show. Did she? Twice in the first okay. first half hour or I so. I didn't catch that. Uh, they did a cutaway to commercial break where Livy Dunn teased it into the break. And basically it was, you know, people asked me what it was going to be like to be around all of these stars and da-da-da-da-da. Just like every other day at LSU and they pan over and she's standing next to the LSU women's basketball team to which half of them promptly did that. I like it. I like it. I like star power in, in, col- in women's college basketball. I like the hype heading into the next season. I think people want to see Angel Reese versus Caitlin Clark too. Sure. Because of the back and forth. Tra- well, really, it's what they thought was, well, no, how did it start? Caitlin Clark does the You Can't See Me, and then it was Angel Reese that responded with the pointing at the ring finger yeah. about to win the natty. And, and then later doing. Clayton, Caitlin Clark's direction, and all of a sudden she's the bad guy. Right. And then I, I like that. I like Angel Reese embracing that role. I like her. I'd rather be the heel than the good guy. Right. It's more fun. Yeah. All right. And it's, you know, get to shut up the haters. And they certainly did that with the national championship. Um, all right, let's get to uh, our special guest. Did record this earlier today. Jordan Henriquez, Roberts, DJ Johnson, Clint Stewart, former men's basketball players. J.O. is going to be the coach slash GM of the Purple and Black. He already is. Clint Stewart as an assistant coach and a player 
with uh, DJ Johnson. This was an interview recorded earlier today with J.O., DJ, and Clint Stewart. Is it your job every year to get these guys ready to go and get them really just together to get ready for TBT? Yeah, uh, it's something I've been doing since 2015 when we started Purple and Black. Uh, I was still playing professionally. So it was a mix of literally playing in another country, trying to reach guys that we all kept together in a group chat at the time, um, which we still do. Uh, But now it's more of like, you know, reaching out but checking guys' schedules and seeing when they're available versus, hey, man, we're playing in a month. Do you think you can play? And that's that's kind of how it's been <clears throat> probably up till the last two or three years where I've had the time to really lock in and just try and get guys you know, on the same page and get them to come together. Uh, to play. Well, I, I got you guys here. I'd love to catch up with all three of you. J.O., I know you know recently you were, of course, a part of the K-State basketball staff, but where are you at now? Uh, so f- over the past two years, I've been in the NBA. Uh, once I got done playing, I'm sorry, once I got done with my master's and my grad assistant role with men's basketball, uh, I got hired by the Los Angeles Lakers as a video coordinating associate. And then this past season, I was with the Houston Rockets as a player development associate and video coordinator. So was everybody asking you, like, what's LeBron James like? Are you ever around him? Yeah, so when I do tell people that, that is probably the most common question. Yeah. Um, and it's honestly, it's, I've never been starstruck. But when I got in that facility for the first time, it was kind of like, okay, I'm around LeBron now. And not only it was just LeBron, but it was Anthony Davis, Dwight Howard, Rajon Rondo, uh, Russell Westbrook. So it was just kind of a lot all at once. And when I'm like man, I think we got a good chance to win. And obviously that wasn't the the results, but to be around greatness and be around six Hall of Famers at once and and to hear them talk about the game uh, was truly inspiring just from transitioning from college to the NBA. Well, if if I remember correctly, when you started with K-State as a player, that first year, I think that was an Elite Eight run, right? It was, you know, Poland, of course, Mm -hmm. uh, leading the charge there with Denny Clemente. And um, this recent team, of course, first year under Jerome Tang, they make an Elite Eight run. Is it more dramatic? Is it more nerve-wracking, tougher to, you know, grind through as a player getting to an Elite Eight or watching it as a former player? I think it's more as a player. It, that, it's a different feel, and my minutes were probably spotty. My freshman year, I probably played ten to eleven minutes a game. But I mean, there were games where you know Frank Martin just threw me out there in the fire and was like, "Look, man, you got to go compete." And there was games where I might have played eighteen minutes as a freshman. There was games where I didn't. But to be a part of something so special my freshman year, and then to see guys do it again, you know, four or five years ago with Barry Brown, Kamal Stokes and Dean Wade and Xavier Sneed, and then to see it a few years later, you know, Kansas State is really on the map, and we consecutively win Big 12 championships. There might be little gaps in between for a couple of years, but we're constantly battling in the Big 12, and even with the coaching change, you know, you can see that, you know, Gene Taylor and Casey Scott, they do a great job at bringing coaches in and having success right away. And uh, I think that's a testament to to who we are in in our culture. I hate to be the one to ask you another common question, but I'm sure another one you get about that run is uh, if you don't go to double overtime with Xavier, you're feeling pretty good about beating Butler in the next couple of days? Absolutely. Um, I mean, we probably got back to the hotel around midnight, close to 1 o'clock. 
Uh, we didn't do anything the next day. And then shoot around. Shoot around was pretty light get going into Butler, but I mean, Butler was a really, really good team. And, you know, whether our legs were good or not, I think that was going to be a, a battle all the way down to the end. And it's, we have an ESPN classic with a double overtime, but if that game, you know, didn't go into those overtimes, uh, we probably would have been in more, we probably would have been in a little, little more ready for Butler health-wise and body-wise, mentally and, and, and physically. Well, now, of yeah. course, the same question gets brought up if uh, this team this this past year had the same issue going overtime with uh, Michigan State where they, uh, you know, legs ready to go for uh, a battle with Florida Atlantic. We also have Clint Stewart in studio. And tell you what, man, you, you might have the most interesting connection, not only in the past but now, to K-State. Uh, with the recruitment of David Castillo at point guard, who's going to be a part of the class of 2024. And I understand he's uh, he's transferring to Sunrise Christian, but it's actually where I want to lead off because if there's anybody that could tell us really what David Castillo is about, I, I know the fan base when he visited was so amped just to see him there and really wanted to be a part of K-State. You know, what is David all about? Yeah, man, he's, um, man, he's, a, he's a great kid. Like I said, I've known him since he was about three years old, three or four years old. Um, grew up his whole life in, in Bartlesville and obviously had a chance to coach him on an AAU level as well um, at the high school level. Um, but great individual, man. I'm telling you, um, he can play. Um, you know, he's, 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 uh, you know, has a high IQ basketball wise. He can shoot the basketball. Um, but, but like I said, more, more than anything, man, he's a hard worker and just my, my, opportunity to be able to work with him over the last you know three years at the high school level and just see him always in the gym always trying to get better always trying to uh, figure out ways that he can help you know not only himself get better but teammates get better um, I think the community is going to love him um, I think you know as far as what our community is about he's he's about they're going to love his smile um, you know and he's going to give everything he has so um, I, I've been blessed to have opportunity to coach him um, and, and his family's great family as well they're connected I mean so it's 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 going to be fun it's going to be fun for him and he's he's definitely excited and he's he's looking forward to getting up here in, in a year what was it like being uh, a part of the recruitment Jerome Tang and this staff and not only that but them coming down there and also coming up here for the visit and joining David Castillo because I remember because I'm the public address announcer for K-State now right, and right. got to announce you back and you got a big uh, applause yeah yeah I pretty well, yeah and it was uh it was it was pretty amazing so first time I met Tang um he actually, his whole staff came down to Bartlesville, and it was like they flew in at like 10 p.m., um, and we're standing in our, our high school gym, his whole staff, David and his family and myself, and when we probably wrapped it up and, and talked for about an hour and a half just standing in our gym. Um, and, and that was the first time for myself meeting Tang and, and the staff, and uh, I know we left that night, and I know David felt the same way of like, man it's it's different you know what i mean like it's it's uh you know it's it's genuine it's love it's real um you, you know and, and I, we we left that conversation just uh felt really good about it david felt really good about it and obviously continued to have those conversations you know over over the course of time before he fi- finally committed to k state but um you know the, this staff man they they, they just you know they're, they're doing some amazing things already in year 1 you know um but but i think it all comes back to the love man they love the players um 
you know, they're going to push the players, but then also put them in the, in the right positions to be successful. Um, and then David's looking forward to that. So it's it's been it's been fun, man. I've been I've been enjoying, you know, uh, his whole recruitment process has been fun for me, just kind of taking me back through when I went through it. But I've uh, been also enjoying getting a chance to to catch up and uh, really get to know the staff as well. So I have a couple of questions about when you played. When you played, I was in high school, and I rarely would miss a game, but I happened to miss one in 2006, and that's when your team beat mm. Kansas mm. in Lawrence. Mm. I only remember checking the halftime score because I was at some event in Salina, so I couldn't watch it. And I noticed it was like really low scoring at halftime. I was like, oh, yeah. it's just another one of those, I guess. So I'd love to know like what you remember from that win in Lawrence, the comeback, and, and of course, beating the Jayhawks. Yo, I mean, um, biggest thing I remember is popping my jersey afterwards, and they got yeah. the whole f- uh, film of it right in front of uh, uh, Jankovic, and I'm I'm popping my jersey, and he's looking at me. Um, but it man, it was it was it was amazing. You know, anytime you play in, in Lawrence and also against KU, I mean, it's just when when the tip off goes, you can't even you know you sit and talk, listen close to Jo, like you can't even hear each other. You know what I'm saying? Like it's um it's it's a great atmosphere, and for us, you know, to go in there and kind of what we came off of. I think we just lost to Nebraska maybe like the the game before and a low score and like 57 like we scored 42 points or something and so um, you know we were a little bit down but then the going into, into Lawrence and BKU and um, have that opportunity you know I, I kind of hang my hat on it because I, I tell guys you know tell tell people this when and I'm hoping it's going to change soon, maybe this year. Um, but, but you know, they say, you know, what, as you asked, and what was it like? So well, that was the last time we beat them in Lawrence, you know. And yes, so, it was. Um, you know, hopefully we can get over that hump, you know, this year or, or here soon as well. So some of these some of these guys can say, yeah, they've beaten them not only at home but also uh, down the road in, in, in Lawrence. With today's culture of college basketball and the transfer portal, like if there's ever a coaching change, guys are usually out the door. I mean, Tang had to fill 11 spots when he got here. You had two coaching transitions during your time because also Bob Huggins for a year and Frank Martin for a year did the word transfer ever enter the vocabulary was that ever a thought um you know anytime there's a coaching change is you know it definitely um was thought about you know but it's it's a different um it's a different time now right I mean we there was transfers back then but it wasn't as open as it is now um and then also when you think about you know all the NIL stuff and it's it's a lot um you know it's really really grown I mean it's really just changed you know what I'm saying but um when all that was going through with 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 Huggins and, and, and Frank, you know, I know when Huggins came in, um, you know, I, I understood the I understood the situation. You know, what I'm saying I wasn't one of the guys that he recruited, so I knew like I got to go prove myself to him, right? Like it's not like oh yeah, you're a point guard, we know who you like. No, it's I'm bringing. He brought in some guys, and you, you got to go compete. You know what I mean? And so um, for me, it was like all right, I can transfer and I can go back somewhere closer to home. Um, possibly have like, all right, we know you're going to be starting at this school or that school, or I can stay here and uh, compete against the guys he brought in, even though he's telling me like, yo, you're not my recruit. Like my mindset is I'm going to make you like, I'm going to make you believe that you recruited me. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's, that's the difference. You know what I'm saying? So it's just, you know, come in, I'm going to compete. I'm going to you know do whatever I have to do. And and, uh, at the end of the day, like, Yo, you know, I'm gonna earn that respect and and, and earn the playing time. You know what I mean? But um, so that, that's kind of the route I took with it, um, and, and and obviously I enjoyed it, man. It was a lot of fun and, and learned so much from from Huggins and and obviously when Frank take over, you know, Frank, Frank took over as uh, kind of an extension of Huggins, um, and so uh, it was a great transition there as well. Well, it's great to have you back in Manhattan. 
now DJ Johnson is here as well. And so, I mean, you started, I mean, at the same time I started professionally working here and covering K-State. So I've probably asked you everything uh, about your career already. I'd love to know, because I know you've been kind of bouncing around overseas and also a little bit with the G League, right? So, yes. So uh, what are you doing right now? Uh, right now I work for an urban planning firm, Shockey Consulting. Uh, and I broker real estate in Kansas City, but um, with Shockey Consulting, I'm pretty much the lead planner for DeSoto as they plan for Panasonic. They're building a 5 million square foot battery factory plant to support Tesla and Lucid and their EV vehicles. So uh, just keeping busy with any urban planning or developments that are happening in DeSoto. I've always wanted to ask this about international ball. Obviously, the rules are a little bit different, but I've always heard stories that you got to be a part of the doom. What are the crowds like overseas? Because I've heard stories there's like, if you go somewhere in Europe, they can be rowdy game after game. Uh, if you go somewhere like Japan, it's not so much rowdy, it's applause, but they really take in the, you know, just the, the way the game works and the art of the game, really. Yeah, um, they, they definitely get in uh, get involved, especially overseas. I remember a preseason game that I had or a scrimmage that I had in Greece and fans, I won't say which team, but some fans brought in fireworks for a scrimmage, preseason scrimmage, and let off fireworks in the arena. <laughs> Delayed the game for 15, 20 minutes, but it was it was rowdy. It was a good time, and, um, you know, they, they love their basketball there. Which officiating is better, overseas or Big 12? <clears throat> overseas. <laughs> Come on, man. Overseas. I'm sorry. I remember asking you that question. It was like my first year on the beat, and you gave me a no comment. I felt like now was the time to ask you. But another subject I want to get to is also you're involved in a nonprofit. I'd love to know more information about what you're doing with that. Yeah, so uh, I sit as the executive director of Urban Village Outreach, a St. Louis-based nonprofit. Um, and started a nonprofit when I was in school studying regional and community planning and wanted to give back to my community, and I figured a nonprofit would be the best way to do so. Um, so over the past couple of years, we've helped with food drives, uh, donations, um, soup kitchens, you name it, um, any other nonprofits that are in the St. Louis area we look to support. Well, we started our own project with restoring a fourplex for homeless veterans, and uh, that we're collaborating with Purple and Black, so we're accepting donations uh, to raise money for Phase 1 and some of the redevelopment and construction of this fourplex for homeless veterans. In studio, we have former K-State basketball players Jordan Henriquez Roberts, DJ Johnson, and Clint Stewart. Guys, let's take a break. When we come back, let's get to talking about why you guys are here, why you're back in Manhattan all together, and that is preparing for the basketball tournament, the TBT, competing for a $1 million prize against 63 other teams. We'll get those details coming up next on the game. Welcome back. It's Hour 2 of the game. Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, and in studio, former K-State basketball players and now members, of course, of the Purple and Black. They are the K-State alumni team for the basketball tournament, which starts a week from today for the Purple and Black in Wichita. And in studio, we have Jordan Enriquez Roberts, DJ Johnson, and Clint Stewart. DJ, I want to get back to you for just a moment. J.O. was a senior when you were a freshman, if I mm-hmm. recall. Yes. And now he's uh, you know, technically your coach and your GM. Has mm-hmm. he changed much since your freshman year of ball? No comment. <laughs> for the good, though, for the greater good. I mean, he's always – it's always the same. Um, he always looks out for you, um, does what's in the best interest for the entire team. And um, 
he's he's always you always gonna get a good laugh out of you. Do you run the practices as well, Jo? Is that your role? Yeah, uh, but that was you know part of you know bringing Clint. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. On this uh, <clears throat> this summer is because he has the head coaching experience, and uh, you know, knowing that I was bringing Clint on, I actually reached out to Clint uh, for the ABL. This is an alumni game that we were supposed to play uh, KU. And I'm like, Clint, man, you know, I, I said something about it. And Clint had made a tweet at me like, man, do I need to come out of retirement? And I DM'd him right away like, hey, man, let's connect, man. We'd love to have you. And then uh, me and Martavius was talking about it. And he was like, man, why don't we just bring Clint on as, as a staff for TBT as well? Because uh, Tay was going to play. Tay was going to play uh, this summer. So I'm like, man, that'll be great. You know, we'll already have him for the ABL. And. You know, we'll be able to connect then, but now we'll be able to, you know, I'll be able to learn as much as I can from him because he has the head coaching experience. Regardless of what age group it is, man, when you're a head coach, your philosophy, your culture, you know, towards your team and the energy you give out is, you know, it's graspable. So for me, learning from Clint, um, <clears throat> I'm taking notes every day because he, he just has that experience and and he's been doing it for a long time. Well, Clint, what was that like for you as J.O. reached out to you? Was that an easy yes? Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I was excited. Yeah, when when he when he asked about it, you know, my only thing I had to figure out just kind of my schedule uh, with, with work, and then also with what we're, what I'm doing with my high school kids as well. But I'm lucky enough to have a good staff that, um, you know, they're they're taking care of that uh, back home. And so once I figured that out, it was like no brainer. You know what I mean? So uh, just to connect with these guys and, and be around them, especially myself. You know, being a little bit a little bit older, it's like you know I know who they all are. I kept up with them. You know what I'm saying? If I'm back in Manhattan, I see them like dap them up. You know what I mean? But Never had a chance to really like you know spend time like like I'm able to do now. So um, it's just man, it's been great um, you know spending time with these guys and learning who they are and um, and like I said, Jo Stains learned from me, man. I'm learning learn from him and these guys as well because you know professionally like professionally being on the professional level and what we're doing is a lot different than obviously working with high school kids. You know what I mean? So um, so it's been great both ways. So before I ask you about this year's roster, which Obviously, it's a who's who of of K State basketball players from the last fifteen years, but uh, you also have a couple of newcomers. I got to ask one question about last year's team: How close were you to actually getting Michael Beasley on the team? Uh, we were pretty close, Mike. I bought a first class ticket for him on Delta. Uh, me and Jacob, we literally stopped practice in Wichita, and we were talking to him on the way to the airport, driving through Miami. He didn't get there on time. Uh, and then a good friend of ours that, you know, who was heavily involved with TBT, uh, some of his relationships, you know, that's locally in Wichita, you know, Mike was going to be in Dallas a couple days later. And if we had just planned a few days ahead of time, his friends were going to, like, with no charge, literally go pick him up from Dallas in their private plane and bring him into Wichita. Uh, but it's just the timing of things. Um, 
you know, actually it was a good thing that he didn't play <laughs> in TBT because he would have lost out on a lot of money during Big Three because he was under contract with them. I forgot about that. I, I remember hearing the rumor getting around that there were like donors or somebody that was going to fly him down or Absolutely. fly him up to Wichita. Yeah. Uh, I, that, that's wild that that, that was actually going to happen if he could make it work. But I got to say, I, even you know without Michael Beasley, this is a hell of a roster. It really is. Mm-hmm. DJ Johnson, Jacob Pullen, uh, Henry Walker, of course, was a part of that mm-hmm. uh, team that beat uh, KU in Lauren, or in uh, Manhattan rather to end the streak. Kamal Stokes, Justin Edwards, Martavius Irving, uh, Mike McGurl, Thomas Gibson. Of course, there's a couple of players as well that weren't a part of the K-State mm-hmm. uh, family once upon a time also on the team. And, and Khalid Thomas and Marquise Addison, I'm saying yep. both names right. Mm-hmm. In addition as well of two players from last year's team in Desi Sills and Baby Egiola, was it just seeing – the run this past season, like, I need to get some of those guys on the team, get some young blood in here? Definitely. Uh, I just didn't know what their availability were going to be because, obviously, I mean, we've all gone through it. Uh, everybody sitting here is, you know, when you're coming out of college and you're getting ready to play professionally, you know, your agent doesn't really, you know, insist on you playing and things like this. Now, TBT didn't exist when we were playing at the time, but uh, I think for DJ, actually, uh Maybe even myself, it might have been like the first year, but um, I, th- I think I might have been a pro already. I think when TBT had started, but you know, agents don't want you to go there and get hurt. So that when you're signed to a team to go play, whether it's overseas in a G League or wherever it is, you know, you don't want that liability of getting hurt when you're already under contract for another organization. Uh, so you know, I let you know I was able to communicate with with uh, Bebe, and I was able to communicate with Desi Sills' agent, you know, just to make sure, hey, everything on their end is good. Um, and if they have the time and availability to play in TBT, we would love to have them. And TBT, you know, they did their job on their end at communicating with them and wanting them to be a part of it as well uh, because they were huge fans of the run that they made and, and what they contributed towards K-State this year. So what do you think, DJ? Think this because uh, I saw the TBT gave you guys a two seed. Uh, they think pretty highly of this roster. You think you guys are, are ready to make a run this year? Absolutely. Yeah, I think we got great offensive play. Um, we got some guys that can defend as well, but a, a lot of scoring power. I think so. It'll be. Uh, I think we're gonna have a good run and hopefully see uh, see everyone in Philly. Does um, these practices that these guys run? Have you guys started practice yet? By yes. the way, okay. Yes. So you've been at it for a little bit. Yeah, we started back. We started last week in Kansas City. Okay. Uh, so that's when we started training camp and uh, guys came in early because that's the biggest thing. Teams that win TBT put the time in and not just show up to the tournament. And that was kind of a default that we faced over the last few years of just guys coming in two to three days before, and then we just go out there and hoop. Um, You know, you can be talented, you know, from a roster standpoint. You can have the roster depth, but if you don't have the continuity and uh, culture that's instilled in your team and having that time to spend together, it's hard to go out there and win games because every game gets tougher. It's just like the NCAA tournament. You can't sleep on anybody. You know, we, we lost the Omaha Blue Crew two years ago. And on paper, we were better than them. But at the same time, they put the time in and they had the practice time. So, and they went on to the Sweet 16. Well, I know last year, of course, Jacob Pullen hit that, you know, that deep game winner. Um, and uh, that was at Coke Arena, Wichita. I, I wasn't there, but it sounded like there was a pretty strong showing for K-State fans to support you guys. But, of course, you want a bigger showing now. It's in Wichita, once again, you guys play on July 20th against 
uh, Du Bois, STL. Is there any film on these guys? Is there any way to prep? Yeah, the, the greatest preparation for them is actually DJ Johnson because he played for them. Sure, of course. <laughs> so uh, he's giving us the ins and outs. While I mean, every night we get together as a staff and – we also have, you know, some of our guys on our roster that takes part of our staff meetings. And, uh, you know, last night we had Thomas Gibson. He came over to the Airbnb with his family. And, uh, you know, he just gave us his thoughts on certain things. And, you know, he just wants to be on the same page as everybody. And uh, Martavius has been a part of every staff meeting, um, even prior to us even getting together. Um, Tay has been a big help putting this together and keeping this together and just making different connections uh, through his network on, you know, having people contribute and, and just reach out to us on their concerns with TBT and what they can do to help us. I think I said the boys. I think it's the guys, STL. So allow me to correct myself. <laughs> but I kept you guys a couple minutes longer than I was planning on. But is there anything else you guys want to get out there before I I'll let you go? Uh, yeah, we're holding a uh, open practice tonight at MCC. Doors open at 6. We're going to get started at 630. Um, and also holding a open practice at Bramlage Coliseum tomorrow what time? Uh, six thirty. Doors will open at six. Six thirty, and then following that, we'll uh, Friday night we'll be at Powercat uh, Sports Bar and Grill, uh, starting at eight thirty, and uh, just another opportunity to meet and interact with fans. Well, guys, it's great to talk to you once again, and um, let's go get that money in Wichita. Yes, yes sir. Once again, that's Jordan Henriquez Roberts, DJ Johnson, Clint Stewart, earlier in studio here on the game, talking about the basketball tournament and uh, Purple and Black getting ready. And I want to just repeat that information. So, I mean, get ready to head there right now. If you want to go watch Purple and Black, get ready for the basketball tournament. They're practicing tonight at Manhattan Christian College, and that starts at 630. Doors open at 6 tomorrow. They're at Bramlage Coliseum. And that same thing. Doors at 6 and practice starting at 6.30. That's tomorrow night. And then, of course, tomorrow night after that, they're going to be at Powercat Sports Grill. Uh, And it's an opportunity to meet these guys if you've never met these K-State basketball legends before. Let's take a break. Number one song of the day next. All right, Trey, we got time for one question. What do you got? All right, since the Powerball is up today to, I think, $800 million. If you won the lottery tomorrow... What would be your very first expense? The first thing you'd spend all that money on if you got a cut of it after taxes, of course. Trey, I here's what I would do. For five grand, you cut your hair. Cut it off. Buzz cut. Okay. For those that don't know, Trey has an afro. Killing um, it in the game out here. It's awesome. Given the realities of, uh, of our situation, I'd be paying for Monica's surgery. Yeah. And then I would give Troy whatever he needs to grow his hair. (laughs) Hello, Bosley. (laughs) And then I'm not telling a soul that I got money. I'm going to throw a party, but I'm going to throw it as if I'm just regular Mitch with regular money. Nothing too expensive. I don't need anybody getting any ideas. So you're not hiring Sloan to host trivia then? No, he's hiring me. Come on. But then I'm going to buy the company. (laughs) We got to go. Hey, who wants to be a millionaire tomorrow's second hour for Trey? Troy, I'm Mitch. Go Cats.